Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Glenn Hawke, and it is great to bring you another episode of Blue Sox Banter, where today we catch up with the great man, Manny Ramirez. Now, he has just completed his 14 days in quarantine as this podcast drops on Tuesday morning. He is out, he is free, and is uh, very much looking forward to linking up with the Sydney Blue Sox and his teammates very, very soon. I had a chat to him yesterday afternoon, his final day in quarantine, about how he's survived the whole quarantine process. But also, it was a great chance to reminisce about his incredible career. We talk 04 Boston Red Sox. We talk World Series. We talk about some of those amazing teammates he had and also about his time in LA as well. Enjoy this chat with Manny Ramirez coming out of quarantine. Manny Ramirez, welcome to the podcast once again. It's, uh, it's nearly time for you to get out of quarantine. Firstly, how's it been? Uh, to be honest with you, it haven't been that bad than 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 what everybody thinking, you know, about the fourteen days because I really took advantage and I was working out, I was doing the bike and and I really enjoyed, you know, you could fight it or you could take advantage of your time. And I suppose it, it all comes down to that mindset, doesn't it, when you when you come into these things. It's uh it, it's as you said it it's how you want to uh, how you want to approach it, and did you did you come in to quarantine with a bit of a plan on how you would how you would uh, to tackle be, it? To be honest, I didn't I didn't came with no plan. You know, um, I, I have a bike in the room. I, I brought a couple of bands so I could do some exercise in the room, and uh, I got a couple of books. And um, I don't know. I did took uh, I did took time, you know, to do all the things that I need to do. Did you um did you set yourself a bit of a routine each day? Yeah, let me tell you um I was getting up like around 7 do the bike like for 40 minutes, then at 6 do the band and a little bit of body weight. And that was it and then maybe I was reading like for an hour. So I really divide my time real good. I suppose that your life of a of a professional athlete and you've, you've done this for a long time you've worked to a, a schedule and a, and a regime and a regiment for a long time so I suppose sorting that out for yourself was was probably not too difficult to get around get your head around um I think w- what was really hard was adjusting to the time yeah <laughs> so the jet lag was uh it took you a while to get over the jet lag but I think it took me like three days yeah and then I was fine well I was going to ask you about the what was the the hardest thing about it um, the jet lag was tough. What about the uh, what about the quarantine food? How is the quarantine food for you? To be honest, the the, the quarantine food um, it wasn't that bad. It, 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 um, people could could see it and say, "Hey, look at this food. Uh, this this food is bad." Blah blah blah. But it's but it's so many people, you know, that they wish to have those food that that at least we were eating. And nah, I was I was thankful. I was I wasn't thinking about it. I just went and fight it, and, and and everything came out good. Now we saw on Rachel's Instagram post that she was doing you hurt during her quarantine. She was looking out the window to to Darling Harbour. She had a, a wonderful view there of uh, parts of Sydney. Now what's I can see behind you there. Those listening on the podcast can't really um, take this in, but if you're watching it on YouTube, you can. It looks like you've got a an apartment block behind you, so not the <laughs> not the greatest view of Sydney. That's my best view. Uh, you know they gave uh, they gave Rachel. A nice view, you know, because she's she's a VIP. <laughs> <laughs> she's a big deal in Australia already. It's a big deal in Australia already. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
Now you've been you've been chatting to Rachel a bit while you're in quarantine. Now I believe she's even she's even taken you through some online workouts. Oh man, she's been a, a blessing to my life. She's a great woman, a great person, and um, I can't wait. I can I can't wait to start working out with her and, and and see what I could learn from her. And I suppose it's been funny. You you've spoken to each other on the phone, and you've been, I suppose, a video calling each other in the same city. Within the next couple of days, you'll be able to actually meet face to face for the first time. Man, I probably when I go out tomorrow, I'm gonna be running in the middle of the street. <laughs> I'm free. Manny's back. Manny's in Sydney. <laughs> what's the What's the one thing you're looking forward to most when, or the first thing you're looking forward to when you get out? To be honest, maybe get to know the guys and 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 get that vibe of of of, of the team getting together. Now the other thing, Manny, I believe you and Rachel have been practicing uh, a little bit of Australian lingo, including uh, mate and g'day mate. Have you got a Have you got your best g'day mate for us? Yeah, yeah. Hey, what's up, mate? <laughs> it's a good start. Look, I know when you get around the boys, they'll uh, they'll teach you a little bit more about. And, and look, there's plenty of Australian lingo that you're going to have to learn. These guys would be it'd be like a whole different language speak, speaking to these Australian boys. Man, I'll be talking to them in the form, and, uh, and I can't I can wait, man. This, they, they seem like like they love the game like I do, and um, they can't wait so, so we could get together and start working and, and they start having fun. <clears throat> so it is, uh, it's Monday afternoon as we're recording this. We'll drop this one on Tuesday morning, which is the morning that you'll be, um, you'll be heading out into, into Sydney. What's the plan first up uh, in terms of connection with the team and, and working out with the team? Well, first... Um, I'm going tomorrow to get my apartment, and probably Wednesday or Thursday, we're going to go and get together with the team and, and, and go from there. Yeah, looking forward to, I suppose, you know, you can only do so much working out on, on an exercise bike and with bands. You must be, after all the work that you did leading up to your trip over here, you, you must be keen oh, just yeah. to get out, roll the arm over and get some get some swings in. Oh, definitely. The, all, all the work that I put in in, in Miami and then... I came and I stopped it. So, but I'm gonna, I'm be, I'm being patient. You know, I, I know it's gonna take time, and, and and the season is almost here. I know it's gonna take time, but I'm, I'm willing, you know, to work on that pace. Now, you've um, you've come over, come over to Australia by yourself. You've you've left the family back at home in uh, in Miami. Tell us, tell us about your family. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, my family's great. I got four sisters. Um, I got three kids, and um, man, they, they they've been a blessing to me. How old are you? How old are your kids? Uh, 25, 17, and fourteen. Yeah, are they uh, boys or girls? Uh, all boys. All boys. Are they uh, are they baseballers as well, Manny? Yeah, they play baseball, basketball. Yeah. Do they uh, do they have dreams and aspirations like their dad did? I I, I think that they do. They do. You know, they, they they play a little bit of everything. And how tough has it been leaving the family behind? It is tough, but uh, um, I think you know, like I, like me co- coming to Sydney. I think I think it's a per I think it's a purpose, you know, after all this. And I suppose it's a little bit different to. Let's go back to when you first started playing professional baseball in the in the nineties. You know, when you you left your family, you're on the road for a long time. You couldn't just pick up a, a phone and and video each other and see each other face to face. So I suppose it's a little bit easier to stay connected to the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These days, you know the. They're with me every day, you know. Tell us about those early days. How how tough that was, you know, for a for a, a young kid born in the Dominican Republic. You, you moved to New York when you were when you were thirteen years of age, but then you, you step out into the the pro ball world. How how tough was it adjusting as a 
as a young kid and being away from the family? To, to, to be honest, it was real hard, you know, to get used to being in the row and, and, and not having a phone that, that, that you could see your family or your friends. And, but that, you know, that's something that you got to grow at it and, and, and move on. And I suppose that, that taught you a lot of mental toughness and, and resilience early on. Exactly. You know, you're becoming like your own man, you know, like going out, getting some food, getting the apartment ready, getting ready to go to the field, come, coming back, preparing your clothes. And I suppose those sort of life lessons early on, it must have helped you, you know, look, looking at these 14 days that you've been through and um, that resilience you build up early, so it certainly goes through your whole life. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Um, it make me stronger, you know, and, and being also more patient, you know, like, all those hard, hard times, you know, that I went by, that I went in the minor leagues, and now it's paying off. You're seeing the fruit. You know, you're more patient, and and, and you wait for the right time. You think back to all the, the successes that you had, ben, Manny, and there are so many great achievements through the through the career that you had, nearly 20 years in the big leagues. If you think back though to those, maybe not even just the early days, but through the the tougher parts of your career, do you? Are there any in particular that you thought it was? It was a real tough thing. It was a real grind to get through. And, and how did you get yourself through those tough moments? Uh, I guess every day is tough. Every day you're trying to make adjustment in the game and, and outside the game. You know, we made so many mistakes. But, and I, but um, the good thing is that, you know, you, we did learn from that, from, from the mistakes that we did. But I think the tough time was making that adjustment every day in front of 50,000 people. And it can be very unforgiving when you're in big ballparks and you make an error or you, you may get struck out and, and the crowd's booing you or, you know, the, it's not just your teammates, like kids playing club ball in Australia or anywhere else. It's, it's the expectations and, and the weight of a city almost that, uh, that, that hang on your shoulders. And particularly for a guy like yourself who, you know, a big name player in these franchises that you played for. Oh, definitely. Especially, you know, those uh, big contract, the fans, they expect a lot of, a, a lot about you and, and, and but if you look at it the other way, also that thing help you because it helps you be on top of your game. When, you're, um, when you are that, that big franchise player, did you feel that pressure at any particular time? And, and, and how did you manage to work your way through those, those processes? To be honest with you, like I never, uh, I never put any, any pressure on myself. Like I, I went, I had fun with the guys and I knew... Hey, if I go and, and give 100% and things doesn't come out the way I want it, hey, that's it. That's all I could do. But uh, I really enjoy the game and everything came out good and, and here we are. So many people who've watched your career over many, many years, and particularly the, those days in Boston, would remember the, the term Manny being Manny. And we saw so many times, you, you said you enjoyed the game. There's so many times that you brought a smile to fans' faces by... I suppose putting a smile on your face, playing baseball, taking catches, and high fiving people in the crowd was that was that a way for you to help enjoy the game and get you through what is such a, a long a long season each year? It, I, I guess so. You know, it's a long season, and um, and 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 it's so easy for you to have a bad attitude. Why not go have fun, have fun, and enjoy the game? Who are some of your teammates that you who, who shared that? that attitude with you? Who are the ones that you kind of stand out that, that love, just love being ba- baseballers? Oh, well, I think like Johnny Damon, uh, David Ortiz, Pedro Martinez, um, David Justice, all those guys, man, they, they went out and, and, and enjoyed the game. 
You mentioned Ortiz and Damon. They were uh, integral parts of that 2004 Boston Red Sox championship <coughs> winning side for the World Series winning side for the first time. We've all seen what a side that was. The, of course, the famous ALCS series win over the New York Yankees and then went on to, to beat the Cardinals in the, in the World Series. Tell us ab- about that team. You know, Boston had tried for, for so many years, 80-odd years, to, to win that World Series. No doubt they had a lot of very, very good players and very good teams during that time. But what was it about that team, that 2004 team, that made it that think, little bit special? I think the 2004 was so special because everybody inside was like a family. And we got all the pieces that we need to win the World Series. But the good thing that we have that the other team didn't have was we pick each other up. And um, that's what we did. Like, we never point fingers to, to to nobody. You know, when we see somebody fall, we went and pick it, pick him up and keep it going. And, and, and that's what we did. So this was a team in every sense of the word. Oh, that definitely, definitely. We we used to go out even after the game. It was like a family. So you you hear Tim, you hear many stories for it with, um, particularly in American sports and through the the NBA and the NFL and, and and MLB baseball as well. That you know, there's so much competition and rivalry within the within the teams and within the squads for those final positions on the team. That that rivalry within was just as much as as the rivalry coming from the outside. Is that something that that you guys overcame? early and understood that it, it took more than that? It took the ability to be a team, to win as a team? I think we never thought about that, you know, like we went and compete. And um, I remember um, when we used to play against New York, I know it's a big rivalry, Boston. After the, after, after the game, we were meeting to the guys, you know, some of the guys, they would come to our house, we do like a cookout. And then we compete the other day. It, it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't something like, oh, if I see you in the street, I don't say hi to you. No, it wasn't nothing like that. It's just a game. I wanted to ask you about that that rivalry with New York, <clears throat> and, and it is, you know, it goes back to, you know, the early, the early parts of the nineteenth century, and we all know about the the famous story with with Babe Ruth being traded to the New York Yankees and and the curse of the Bambino. That rivalry was built for many many years, and. Sometimes when you look from the outside, you wonder if that is as much a rivalry for the fans as it is for the players. When you did line up against New York through those times when you were playing, was that rivalry with New York real? I think it was real, you know, just about competing. We want to win, they want to win, and, and, and that was it. But it was not something, you know, that I, I think, uh, <laughs> I, I think other things, I think it came from the media. Yep. Because it, it wasn't really a big deal. We were just playing a game, and and all those years that the Yankees won, and we lost, and, and we lost. It was because maybe they had a better team than we than we did. It wasn't a rivalry. It wasn't no curse. It was maybe people talking about curse, and and it got a big deal. Remember, sometimes people they just follow things because they hear it on TV or because. Or because my grandfather say something like that, or because my dad, oh, but it's no curse. It wasn't no rivalry. We were just competing. It's funny with sport and with with, <laughs> with sports fans. People will grow up that spend their whole life hating the Yankees, and they don't know why they hate the Yankees. But it's because their grandfather hated the Yankees and their father hated the Yankees. And that means they have to hate the Yankees as well. Yeah, no, it doesn't make no sense. That two thousand and four side, that that series, if we can touch on that one, it was um. 
it's been regarded as one of one of the greatest postseason series of all time. Sixteen years ago now, Manny, can you believe it was sixteen oh. years ago? Is the memory of those that ALCS series and the World Series still vivid in your mind? Man, that was crazy. Winning the World Series in 04, people was just waiting about that. A bunch of people died, just wanted to see the World Series. And we accomplished that. And man, we celebrate good. Like the whole the, the whole city was there. It was like maybe in the city right there that day, it was like six or seven million just waiting for us. Just waiting for you to, to hold that trophy. Oh my God. They went crazy about it. But man, they, they had like a hundred years waiting for that. It was an incredible story and the incredible journey to get Great. there. You know, you you were... 0-3 in that series against the Yankees. You're in the bottom of the ninth. Mariana Rivera comes to the mound to close out, arguably the greatest closer of all time, who is lights out in those situations more times than not. Tell us about your recollection and your memory of that, of that bottom of the ninth in that game four. To be honest, th- that night we were just competing, you know, like, we're going to win this team and, and we're going to beat these guys. And, that, and that, that was the attitude. We didn't care who was pitching. We knew Mariano Rivera was one of the best. Yeah, but um, we said, "Hey, we gotta beat these guys. We gotta go. We gotta go out there and make it happen." Was that your attitude through your whole career? It didn't matter when you stepped up to the plate. It didn't matter who was sixty feet, six inches away. I, I, I guess in my whole career, I think it's all depend. You know how you feel because um, if you got the rhythm and 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 if you got the timing. It doesn't matter who's pitching, but when you don't got timing, when you don't got rhythm, anybody could get you out. That's the good thing about baseball. <laughs> you um obviously, and it was it's a well documented hi- in in baseball history how you went through that series, extra innings in a in what, game four and game five. Kurt Schilling, incredible, coming he, oh, back he, with he, that he, that he, ankle injury. He that, that that night. Oh wow! He should never have stood on the mound. Well, he went. He went and did it. And the other, the other player who, who came up huge in that series as well as um, another bash brother of yours in, in David Ortiz. Tell us, about, tell us about David Ortiz as a man and as a hitter. Man, let me tell you, David Ortiz is, is one of the best hitters that I ever see in my life. That guy, he's a clutch, man. He's a, he's a better clutch guy than me. He always come through. And he always come through in a big way. What is it about David Ortiz that made him so good? Man, like like you could see it, you could see it on his eye how bad he wanted, how bad he, how how bad how bad he how bad he wanted to be the man in that situation. But it wasn't easy, but because let me tell you, he got a great he got a a, a great work at it. He's a guy that get there early, work hard, and he got a plan. And I suppose that's that's the um that's a huge thing about, you know, guys like yourself, guys like David Ortiz, any of these players who, who reach the top in their game, there is no doubt that each and every one of you have a great deal of natural talent and, and natural ability, but you need to work hard as well. How, I suppose, through those parts of the year and in that grind, how tough was it to keep up that, that extra work, that extra batting practice, that doing those extras to stay on top of your game? We we did have a great manager. Yeah. Um. Sometimes on Sundays, he would tell us, "Hey, if you guys want to go outside, and, if you guys want to go outside and hit, 
go ahead, boys, you guys are a little bit tired. Stay inside and get ready for the game. Like he, like like Francona knew, you know how to how to treat the players also. And incredibly important when you're playing 162 games a year, you can't you can't be grinding these guys into the dirt each and every day. Exactly. It's, it's finding mm-hmm. that balance, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. If you're uh, if you're picking a team, and of all these guys you've played with and against, to uh, to bat behind you, who's the man, who, who's the player that you're picking in your side to, to bat alongside you? Abe, hey, um, we just said it, David. He's he's the man. He's the best in the game. All time. All time. Tell us about when you're when you're coming up to bat. Was there any? Was there ever a pitcher? We, we mentioned the likes of Mariana Rivera, but were there any pitches that you were coming up to face at any stage in your career? Then you're walking from the on deck circle to uh, to the batter's box, thinking, "I'm not, you know, this is going to be a tough battle here, or this guy could have my number." Did you ever? Was there any pitches that that you struggled against, or or had your number? I struggle against a lot of people. Mm. And, and 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 like I said, it all depends how you feel, because um every day was a battle, and, and, and all those pitchers, you know, almost all of them is tough. They, they tough, uh, like one week you could have a great week, and the next and the, and the next week you're gonna you could have a bad week. So you always gotta keep your mind clean, knowing, and staying in your plan, and doing the the little things. That is going to keep move. That is going to keep helping you moving up the ladder. Obviously, your time in Boston was incredible. Two World Series here, and, and we saw from afar. And you, you just sort of mentioned how much those World Series meant for a city like Boston. Tell us what it was like. The difference between ball clubs and cities when you go from Boston to LA to to link up with the Dodgers. Well, um, you know, like LA, you know, the people they are a little bit more laid back. They start coming in like around the fourth inning in Boston. Everybody's sitting from the first inning to the nine. It's two different places, but but the two places are awesome. You enjoyed your time in LA as well. Oh, I, I did. I did. I had a great time in LA. It was it was Manny Wood over there. They loved you. Yeah, yeah. It was like when I was there. It was like only two people. It was like two people only in that city. It was me and Kobe. You and Kobe. Me and Kobe, that's it. <laughs> did, and did you strike up a, a relationship with Kobe? Well, I, he he went to the to the games a couple of times. I say hi and stuff like that. You know, when they go there, you know, we just getting ready to the games. They, sometimes they come early, we say hi, and then we move on. Did you get courtside uh, at the Lakers games as well a few times? Yeah. You, you enjoy your basketball as well? Yeah, I like to go and watch the games. Mm. It uh, it must have been very tough for you then, seeing um, the tragedy that unfolded with with Kobe earlier this year. Oh, definitely, man. My condolence to her to her family. You know, it's tough. You know what happened to him and and her her daughter. Yeah, really, um, very sad time, Manny. We could speak for hours with you about your time in baseball, and hopefully we'll get another uh, another chance to have a chat. But um, look, you're getting closer to uh, to getting out. As we said, this is Monday afternoon. You get out. Tuesday morning, you're enjoying it. The, the sun's going to be shining still in Sydney. You've missed a couple of heat waves. so um, I'm free. <laughs> you've I'm missed... free tomorrow. <laughs> well, Manny, look, thank you very, very much for your time, mate. I'm glad you've got through quarantine. We look forward to, to seeing you when you get out in the next couple of days. And look, enjoy your time 
linking up with the, with the, with your teammates and your new teammates in the next few days. Oh, thank you, buddy. Take care. Thanks, Manny. Take care. Okay, bye. Well, there he is, Manny Ramirez. What a great chance that was to have a chat to him about the old days with Boston and his time in LA. And uh, soon we're going to be talking about his time with the Sydney Blue Sox. As we heard, he's out of quarantine now. He uh, gets his apartment today. He's looking forward to linking up with the team tomorrow and Thursday and then really getting stuck into this season, which of course gets underway December 17 when the Sydney Blue Sox kick off their campaign against the Melbourne Aces. Please get in right now to get your tickets. Don't wait until uh, game day. These tickets will sell out. And of course, this COVID world we're still living in, there are restrictions on the ballpark. So please, sydneybluesox.com.au to secure your tickets, membership, and also merchandise and everything you need to know about your Sydney Blue Sox. And of course, you can follow us on the socials as well, at Sydney Blue Sox, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Fans, thanks for joining us once again for Blue Sox banter. We're getting closer to game one when we take on the Melbourne Aces. In the meantime, look out for our next episode coming up soon of Blue Sox Banter. Blue Sox Banter is a Karis Communications production hosted by me, Glenn Hawke, for the Sydney Blue Sox.